Uh, all right. We've been in at this awesome series on James, studying on wisdom for everyday life. And uh, there's going to be one more sermon on James next week, and then we'll, then it's going to be Thanksgiving, and then we're going to start our, our Christmas series. So it worked out really perfect. It didn't quite plan it, but it, it came out good anyway. Uh, but we've been in this section in James, James 5, talking about the second coming of Jesus Christ. And in light of those, of the current events, I really felt led to preach another sermon on the end times, and I really felt led to, to preach a message called Wisdom About Israel. This is not a verse out of James. I'm taking off on the verses that told us to be patient and wait and persevere and be watching uh, for the end and talking about Jesus out of Matthew 24 and 25, those great prophetic scriptures where he gave us signs of the end and he told us to be things to be watching for. And uh, I think we really need to, to have an understanding of Israel because have you noticed that how almost every day the focus of the whole world's attention is on this tiny little nation of 9.7 million people in, in the Middle East? It's tiny. It's tiny. And, and there are, there are other, so many other countries and so many other conflicts in, in the world, but the focus is on this country. It's about the size of New Jersey. I mean, you see it right there. That's showing you Israel and New Jersey. There's, uh, Texas is 32 times bigger than Israel. And there's Israel compared to the United States. And there's Israel, the little blue speck up there in the midst of the, uh, the Arab and Muslim world. And the world's attention is directed to this tiny nation uh, for one important reason, I believe, because Israel plays a key role in the plan of God and in the return of Jesus Christ. So what happens in Israel are signs that we cannot ignore. You might not be wanting to watch the news about what's going on in Israel and all that, and I'm tired of all that, and that's hard to watch. It is hard to watch, but, but, but we cannot ignore this. And listen, we all need a biblical view of Israel. We cannot have the world's view or a Palestinian view or even a Zionist view. We need God's view, a biblical view of Israel. And Israel is the center, listen, Israel is the center of world events in the last days. Why is that? Because the Jewish people were chosen by God. Israel is the holy land that God gave them. And Israel is the focus of God's prophecies towards the, about the end times. So if you want to understand the Bible, if you want to understand end times, you need to understand God's plan for Israel and God's view of Israel and how Israel fits into his plan, his eternal plan, his eternal purpose. Of all the cities in the world to watch, it's not New York, it's not Dallas, it's not L.A., it's not Paris, it's not London, it's, it's Jerusalem. That's where to keep your focus. Now here's, listen, there are whole libraries of books written on this topic. I've got about 30 minutes here this morning. So we're barely going to scratch the surface of it. But I want to kind of give you an overview of, of some of the events that's going to happen in Israel in the end time. First of all, the Bible says there's going to be conflict in Israel all during the end times. There's going to be conflict there. There'll come a time when there will be an antichrist who will make a, a seven-year covenant of peace with Israel, and the, the temple will eventually be rebuilt in Israel. The, the Antichrist will break his covenant with Israel, and, and worldwide persecution of Israel will result. You can see by what's happening right now how that can happen very easily. 
Israel will be invaded. But listen, the Bible says that Israel will ultimately recognize Jesus as their Messiah. Read it in Romans. All Israel will be saved. And there's much turmoil in, in Israel today. We all know Hamas attacked Israel. There's now war in Israel, in Gaza. Uh, could, could what is taking place in Israel right now indicate that the end is near? Yes. Does it necessarily mean the end is near? No. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 4 through 6, Watch out that no one deceive you. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you're not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. And remember, Jesus said, no man knows the hour or the day. I've warned you repeatedly. If somebody starts setting dates about when, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've, people have felt it was the end of the world in my lifetime. If you remember, I, I mean, I remember a dude wrote a book back in 1988 giving 88 reasons why Jesus will return in 1988. He was wrong. He revised it and wrote 89 reasons he's coming back in 1989. He was wrong again, so he finally gave up. I remember some of y'all who were around in the year when it turned 2000, Y2K. Remember all that mess? Oh, it's going to be the end of the world. Back when, when was it, 2012 or something, people all of a sudden heard about the Mayan calendar and all this stuff. People thought there's going to be the end because of the Mayan calendar. And I'm like, get your eyes off the Mayans. Get your eyes off anything else. Get your eyes on the Word of God. Jesus prophesied wars and rumors of wars in the Bible. And the Bible prophesied, prophesies a, a final assault of, all, of nations against Jerusalem and Israel. But wars and rumors of wars are not explicit signs of the end. Uh, Israel has experienced many wars in its history. And, and the current war may just be one in a long series of wars. Or it could be the one that leads to the final war. It could be the beginning of the end that leads to the battle of Armageddon. We don't know. But I want you to go out of here today knowing some biblical truths about Israel. And the first thing I want you to know is this. God loves Israel with an everlasting love. Now, as I said a minute ago, this current war shows us how all the nations of the world can turn against Israel. I've never seen in my lifetime so much anti-Semitism and anti-Israel sentiment and satanically influenced hatred of, of, of Israel is the reason that, that there are people that want to see Israel destroyed. And I want you to know this goes all through history, all through the Bible, whether it's, it's Sennacherib, who was the king of Assyria, who wanted to destroy Israel, whether it was Haman, and remember the official of Persia, which is now Iran, who wanted to destroy all the Jewish people. That was in the time of Queen Esther. Or, or, or you think of, uh, of, of uh, Pharaoh wanting to destroy all the Jewish babies at the time of, of Moses. Or Herod wanting to destroy all the Jewish babies at the time of Christ. Or Hitler, the leader of Nazi Germany, wanting to kill all the Jews. Or Raisi, who's the current president of Iran. Or, or terrorists like Hamas. They, they are gonna, they, their hearts are, 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 are full of hatred towards Jewish people and towards Israel and they want to destroy Israel but all their attempts to destroy Israel biblically will always fail the persecutors of Israel come and go but the persecution will go on until the second coming of Jesus Christ why is this 
Why is that? According to the Bible, it's because God has a special plan for the nation of Israel, and Satan wants to defeat that plan. Remember what God said to Israel in Jeremiah 31.3, I have loved you with an everlasting love. God said that to Israel. In Deuteronomy 10.15, it says, The Lord chose your ancestors as the objects of his love. He chose you, their descendants, above all other nations, as is evident today. Now listen, whatever God loves and whatever God chooses, Satan hates. And he wants to destroy. Remember, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's why there's always been, always been such this hatred for Jewish people, and there's such a history of anti-Semitism, and we're seeing a, a huge, massive increase in it today. And this racial hatred, all racial hatred, is demonically inspired. And yet with all that hatred, with all that persecution, with all the holocaust and the genocide directed against the Jewish people, the people of Israel, the Jewish people have endured. The land has endured. That's because, number two, God made an everlasting covenant with Abraham. In Genesis 12, 1 through 3, when God called Abram, that was his name before God changed it to Abraham. The Lord said to Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household. Go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. Now listen to this. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. All the people on earth have been blessed through Abraham because through the through the lineage of Abraham came Jesus Christ, who was, the, who was the Savior of the world. But this promise, this blessing, and this cursing has never been rescinded. God said, I will bless those who bless Abraham and his descendants. That's, that's the Jewish people. That's the nation of Israel. And, and I will curse those who curse you. And history has proven beyond a, a reasonable doubt that those nations that have blessed Israel have the blessing of God. The nations that have cursed the Jewish people have experienced the curse of God. Think of Germany in World War II who was utterly defeated as they were attempting to destroy the Jewish people. Why did God choose Abraham? Why did God choose Israel? All we know is that it's his sovereign will. In fact, Deuteronomy 7, 6 through 8, says this about the Jewish people. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. The Lord did not set his affection on you and choose you because you were more numerous than other peoples, for you were the fewest of all peoples. But it was because the Lord loves you. Listen, God's ways are not our ways. Sometimes God chooses the small to confound the great. Sometimes he chooses the foolish to confound the wise. Sometimes he chooses the, the weak to confound the strong. Sometimes God God chooses the few to confound the many. Sometimes he chooses the poor to confound the rich. Why does he do that? So it is obvious that the wisdom is God, the power is God, the riches is God. It's all of him and all the glory belongs to him and to him alone. God also said this in the covenant he made with Abraham in Genesis 17, 7. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and the descendants after you for the generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. As part of that covenant, my third point is this. 
God gave the land of Israel to the Jews forever. Genesis 17, 8. The whole land of Canaan, where you are now foreigners, I give you as a temporary possession. Uh, I give it to you as a possession until you turn it over to somebody else who wants to be there. No. I gave it as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I will be and I will and I will be their God. Genesis 13, 15 says, All the land that you see I will give you and your offspring forever. So no matter what you hear about the land belonging to the Palestinians, and by the way, there never was, has been in history a Palestinian nation in this land. This land has belonged to Jewish people from like Abraham, Abraham was like 1300 B.C. or something like that. I mean, it, it's been a part of them. And, and Palestinians have lived there, but most of the time it's either the, the Jews ruled the country or other nations ruled the country like the Romans, uh, the Ottomans, and others like that. There never has been a Palestinian nation in this land. God says this land belongs to the Jews forever. Is that what it says? If you believe the Bible, that's what it says. But here's what happened. Number four, Jesus said the Jews would lose their land and get it back. Now listen, for most of history, believers, Christians, have believed they were going to be the generation to see the Lord come back, to see the second coming. But you know, it really was impossible until there was a Jewish state in Israel. Jesus just predicted the destruction of Israel in Matthew 24, Jerusalem and Israel, when he took, which took place 40 years after his prophecy. He also said this in Luke 21, 23, there will be great distress in the land and wrath against this people. They will fall by the sword and be taken as prisoners to all the nations. Jerusalem will be trampled on by the Gentiles until the chimes of the Gentiles are fulfilled. The Jewish people lost their homeland many times. They were exiled because of their own sin many times and God brought them back, always brought them back into the land. They lost it again in A.D. 70. This was a prophecy of Jesus Christ that came true. Bible prophecies always come true. That's when the Romans destroyed the temple, drove out most of the Jews out of Israel, and Jerusalem was indeed ruled by Gentiles for, for centuries, including the Romans, including the, the, the Ottomans, including, lastly, by the, the British they had a British mandate over Palestine from 1917 after World War I through 1948 after World War II. And, and then in 1967, there was a six-day war where Israel got back the West Bank and East Jerusalem and Gaza. For 2,000 years, the, the Jews were spread out across the globe and Jerusalem was under Gentile control. But Jesus said there will come a time when the time of the Gentiles ruling Jerusalem would, uh, would end and that did indeed happen. God always said that he would scatter the Jewish people when they sinned and then bring them back again. There's so many Bible prophecies about them coming back into the land. I can't even read them all. I'll give you a couple. Ezekiel 36, 24 says, I will take you out of the nations, talking about Jewish people who have been scattered, the diaspora, they were dispersed throughout the nation, and I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. Amos 9 
14 through 15 says, I will bring back my exiled people to Israel. They will rebuild the ruined cities and live in them. I will plant Israel in their own land. Listen, never again to be uprooted from the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. This is the word of the Lord. God gave them the land. They've gotten back. They've gotten their own nation there. And and Jesus, the Bible says they will never be uprooted from their land again. Now listen, in the whole history of the world, this has never happened before. No people group, no nation has ever been totally uh, uh, driven from their country, decimated by the millions, and survived and returned to their land after thousands of years. It's never happened. Have you ever met a Hittite or an Ammonite or an Edomite? No. Those ancient people have disappeared from the face of the earth. But I bet you know an Israelite. I bet you know a Jewish person because God spared the Jews and brought them back into their homeland. That day was May 14th, 1948, a pivotal day in human history and in Bible prophecy for on that day, the nation of Israel was reestablished, fulfilling a 2,500-year-old biblical prophecy on the heels of the Holocaust after the horror and terror of the Holocaust, after the Jews have losing 6 million people, their lives to the Nazis that somehow now they would regather back in their ancient homeland, but against all odds it happened because God said it would happen. And when God says it's going to happen, it's going to happen. The great thing is the United States, this is a Harry Truman's signature over here, the United States was the first nation to acknowledge Israel as a state. This was, this was, The United States recognized the provisional government of the de facto authority of the state of Israel, Harry Truman, May 14th, 1948. U.S. has always backed the nation of Israel. And now Israel, listen, Israel is the only nation on earth that inhabits the same land, bears the same name, speaks the same language, and worships the same God that it did 3,000 years ago. No other nation. No other nation on the earth. God's prophecies always come to pass. And by the way, the fact that the Jews were exiled and got their land back is basically the root of this conflict between Israel and the Palestinians. Palestinians, or Arab people who had occupied the land of Palestine while the Jewish people were scattered. I don't know if you know where the name Palestine came from, comes from, but it literally, it's the Latin word for Philistine. Philistines were the ancient enemy. Goliath was a Philistine. They were a coastal people. They originally came from Crete. They lived on the coast, on the Mediterranean coast of Israel. And they were an ancient enemy of, of Israel all, all through the Old Testament. And the Romans, when they took over in AD 70, they named the land Palestine as a rub in the face of the Jewish people because they, they named it after the Philistines, Palestine. That's where we get the word Palestinians. So they claim ownership of the land and they want the land back. But as I said, they never were owners of the land. As we saw from the words of Christ, the land of Israel was ruled by Gentiles for for centuries. And by the way, 
So I want to put this in there. When you hear protesters saying from the river to the sea, they're talking about the Jordan River to the east and the Mediterranean Sea to the west. They're talking about the land of Israel. And what Hamas and other Palestinian terrorists want is to take possession of that land. Now listen, listen to me closely. And I'm not lumping all Palestinians in together. There are Palestinian Christians. When we were in Israel with our trip a couple months ago, we stayed in Bethlehem, which is a Palestinian area. And we we went to a a shop uh, owned by Palestinian Christians. The mayor of Bethlehem, by law, has to be a Christian. There are Christian Palestinians. There are Palestinians who, are, who aren't really in the fight one way or the other. And then there are Palestinians who are, who are terrorists who want to go and take the land. By the way, I, I encourage you to read a book if you want to know more. It's called Son of Hamas. Great book written by the son of one of the founders of Hamas who, who was anti-Israel. He went to Israel prison for being a, a, a terrorist against Israel. But in prison he got saved. He got saved reading a Bible, finding out about the, about the love of God because he said there is no love in Islam. There is none. He got saved. He now lives in the U.S. He had to leave the, over there because there's a bounty on his head. But you can read his book, Son of Hamas, that will give you a great insight into, into Hamas. But I decided this week, I, I looked up the Hamas charter for myself. And I wanted to read, what is their purpose? What is their express purpose? And, and here we go from the Hamas Charter. Israel will exist and continue to exist until Islam will obliterate it, just as it obliterated others before it. The day of judgment will not come about until Muslims fight Jews and kill them. I mean, that, that's what they want. Now listen to this, because people are talking about right now having a two-state solution, having a peace agreement. They do not want a two-state solution. For those of us who just went to Israel, we went all over the country and there are Christian holy sites, there are Muslim holy sites, there are Jewish holy sites. In the ancient city of Jerusalem, in the old city, there's a Christian quarter, a Muslim quarter, a Jewish quarter, and an Armenian quarter. They all live together. It's peaceful. And and, and the the IDF, the Israeli army, uh, and the police uh, uh, protect everybody, even at the Temple Mount. the, the, The top, the bottom is Jewish. The Western Wall, the top of the mount, the Dome of the Rock is Muslim controlled. The in between is the IDF, the Israeli army, and they're there to protect both sides. Either way, whatever comes, Israel wants there to be peace and for everybody to get along. But if me, if I as an American Christian went into Gaza, I wouldn't last the day unless I confessed Allah and no other prophet but Muhammad. And they say here, initiatives and so-called peaceful solutions and international conferences are in contradiction to the principles of the Islamic movement. And over here, the print's too small, but basically they say that the only way for them to accomplish their purpose is through jihad, which is holy war. So all this talk about peace, two-state solutions, listen, it's been offered multiple times. They've turned it down every time. Most notably in my lifetime when Yasser Arafat was over the PLO, the Palestinian um, 
Liberation Organization, thank you. And they had the Camp David Accords, and I think uh, Jimmy Carter was president back then, or whoever it was. And, and Israel offered them the West Bank and Gaza, and he turned it down. They don't want the West Bank and Gaza. They want it all from the river to the sea. They want the land, and they want the Jews dead. I saw an interview with a leader of Hamas this week. He said they will never, ever stop attacking Israel until they destroy Israel. The Jews are dead, and they control the nation. They will not stop. He said if it takes one time, two times, up to a million times, we will never stop attacking Israel. This is why Israel is not backing down, and they should not back down as they fight to wipe out Hamas, whose stated purpose is to obliterate them. And other nations are joining Hamas in this holy war, unholy war. We already see Lebanon, Syria, Iran. I've read this prophecy. I heard of this prophecy this week. I have studied the Bible my whole life. I mean my whole life. Y'all know I started to go to the church nine months before I was born. So... <laughs> My dad's a Bible prophecy teacher. He wrote a book on the book of Revelation. Um, But I've never seen this prophecy from Psalm 83, verse 1 through 8. Do not be quiet, O God. Don't you hear the uproar of your enemies? Don't you see your arrogant enemies are rising up? They devise crafty schemes against your people. They conspire against your precious ones. Come, they say, let us wipe out Israel as a nation. We will destroy the very memory of its existence. Yes, this was their unanimous decision. They signed a treaty as allies against you, God. These Edomites and Ishmaelites, Moabites and Hagrites, Gebelites, Ammonites and Amalekites, and people from Philistia and Tyre, Assyria has joined them too. Now, I felt led, I've read that before, I've never seen that, but I've never done this before. I felt led to find out Who are those nations today? Who occupies the lands or are the the descendants of that people group today? Edom, Moab, and Ammon are all in present-day Jordan. The capital of Jordan is Amman, Jordan. The Ishmaelites, think about this, descendants of Ishmael, the Hagrites, descendants of Hagar, the mother of Ishmael, are there at modern day Saudi Arabia. Assyria, that's easy, Syria. But Assyria was bigger than just Syria. It also included the, the land of what's now Iraq, Iran, Kuwait, and Turkey. The Gibalites and the the Tyre and Tyre, also modern-day Lebanon. There is still a city in Tyre. It's the fourth largest city in Lebanon, in Lebanon called Tyre. Philistia. I already explained it to you. Modern-day Palestinians. The Philistines lived in the cities on the coast of, God, of, of, of the Mediterranean in cities like Ashdod, Ascalon, and Gaza. Gaza is in the Bible. The city. It's a Philistine city. Today, 
Today, right now, we are seeing Gaza, Iran, Lebanon, and Syria attacking Israel and U.S. bases. That's probably what this blackout John's talking about because there's been dozens and dozens of attacks against U.S. bases in the, in the Middle East over there. And if these other nations get involved in this war, you're about to see a fulfillment of biblical prophecy. Now, I don't know if you've been following the news, but just this last week, there was a meeting of Arab, the Arab League and, other, and Muslim nations that included every single nation I just listed to you. And they gathered together for a special meeting to talk about what is their plan going to be against Israel. We're seeing, we're seeing some things. I hope your eyes are open. I, I hope this helps you to see. And, and by the way, innocent Palestinians getting killed is a tragedy. It, it is horrible. It's horrific. Uh, uh, on both sides, babies getting killed and children getting killed and innocent people getting killed. And we need to, we need to pray over that. But let me, uh, let me tell you this. It's not a tragedy to Hamas. I don't know if you can get the evil, demonic nature of Hamas. I, again, I, I, I go to the source. I saw another interview with one of their leaders. By the way, their main leaders, as the nation of Gaza sits there in poverty, their main three leaders are all worth over $3 billion, and none of them live in Gaza, the leaders of Hamas. They live in modern Arab cities, and they're worth billions of dollars that they're, they're with not pouring into Gaza. I don't know who gave them that money. Some of it might have been U.S. money at one time. And he said, this leader of Hamas said, these people dying in Gaza is not a tragedy. He said, because they are martyrs for our cause. And that's why they use them as human shields to protect them. That's why their, their tunnels and their headquarters are under hospitals in, in Gaza. And they use the deaths of these people as propaganda against Israel. But they really see them as martyrs for their faith. And they're all going to go to heaven and, and paradise and have their 70 virgins and all this because they were, they were martyred. They see it as a glorious thing. Now, I believe at this point... This war is not the end time war because the Bible teaches that one day Israel is going to be attacked by a large force from the north. Now, if you look at a map, I should have put one up there for you, and we had Israel up there. You can look it up when you get a chance, and you just go due north. You will, the, the main nation you will hit not too far up there is Russia. Russia. And the Bible talks about nation Gog and Magog, and, and people believe, again, this is prophetic. We see through a glass darkly. Nobody knows if this is for sure, for sure. But they will be attacked by a nation from the north, most likely Russia and Iran. Now listen, not once, not once in the past 2,500 years has Russia formed a military alliance with Persia, which is now Iran. But they recently developed one. Pieces are coming together. And am I saying that this is with absolute certainty that this is a scenario that will play out? No, I can't. But I'm telling you this, if one morning you get up and read the headline, Russia attacks Israel, you better fasten your seatbelt because you're seeing Bible prophecy fulfilled in your lifetime in front of your very eyes. 
And Iran has said for a long time their stated objective is to destroy Israel. They're developing a nuclear weapon in order to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. And by the way, listen to me, those terrorist groups consider Israel to be the little Satan. Who's the great Satan? The United States of America is the great Satan. And one leader of Iran said this, is it possible for us to witness a world without America and Zionism? You had best know that this slogan and this goal are altogether attainable and surely can be achieved. The regime that is occupying uh, Jerusalem must be wiped off the the map. So the goal is not just Israel, it's the U.S. also. We haven't had anything big since 9-11. When, by the way, what did we do when they flew into our buildings and killed our people? We went and had a desert storm war. And innocent people got killed in that war, a lot of them. It's happening right now. And, 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 and you didn't hear an outcry about that. You don't hear an outcry about Russia shooting missiles into Ukraine, into hospitals and schools, and, and killing innocent people and children and, and, and elderly. You don't hear an outcry that, that two million people or more had to leave their land and, and, and it can't get back into Ukraine. But the minute Israel starts doing something and drops a bomb somewhere, that anti, uh, anti-Christ spirit rises up, the anti-Israel spirit, the anti-Semitic spirit, that racial hatred and discrimination, it rises up. And I'm telling you, that, that spirit is angry and it is rising up in force right now in college campuses and in cities all across America. I saw a guy, I saw it on the news yesterday in, in downtown New York City. He's pulling down American flags and putting up Palestinian flags. We're living in a time, we got to open our eyes. And I want to tell you something the Bible tells us to support Israel. Psalm 122 6 says, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Prosperity is tied in blessing Israel and the city of Jerusalem. Remember that Abrahamic covenant in Genesis 12. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. I believe one of the reasons, one, not the only one, but one of the reasons America has been blessed is because we have supported Israel from their beginning. That's why one of my most frequent prayers for the president and the U.S. government government is that they will continue to be strong allies and supporters of Israel. I want America to be blessed, not cursed. That's why we regularly pray, pray for Jerusalem. That's why we give to organizations that bless Israel like Jewish Partnership Initiative with Val and Tatiana from the Ukraine. They also have churches in Israel that they oversee. Listen, we've got to do that. We've got to continue support supporting it. I want America to be blessed and continue to be blessed. Now listen, supporting Israel does not mean we support them in everything they do. It does not mean everything they do is right, but it means we need to be their ally and support them as an ally. Yes, we need to stand up to them at times. Yes, we need to tell them we don't agree with that at times, but we need to be allies who bless and support Israel. And if as a church and as an individual, we want the blessing of God, we must continue to stand by Israel. Listen, God's given us warnings about the end times. 
God warns us through what happens in Israel. He tells us to be ready. What should Christians be doing in light of all this? I've already taught you, we need to be watching. We need to be waiting and watching and working for the Lord of the kingdom of God. We need to be worshiping. We need to be witnessing. We need to tell people the truth of, uh, and the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we need to obey this scripture to pray. The Bible tells us pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We want to pray that this horrific terrorism stops, that they're able to get all these hostages out. There's Americans in there and hostages from around the world. We want to pray that God places his hand of protection on the nation of Israel. We want to pray for innocent Palestinians who are getting caught in the crossfire and getting, getting hurt and killed. We want to pray for all of that. The last thing I want you to know about Israel is this. Israel is the place where Jesus Christ will physically return. Now listen, there were thousands, hundreds of prophecies about Jesus' first birth. And every single one of them, every one of those messianic prophecies about where he'd be born and what he would do, how he would die, all those things, all those came true in one man, Jesus Christ. If all those prophecies about his first coming came true, listen to me, all the prophecies about him second coming will also come true. In Acts 2, when when Jesus, Acts 1, when Jesus was ascending up, up into heaven, he, all his disciples gathered there on the Mount of Olives, and it says they were looking up intently into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside him, them. That's angels. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who was taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives. So Jesus ascended to heaven bodily from the Mount of Olives, and one day he will return bodily from heaven to the Mount of Olives. And God said in Zechariah 14, I will gather all the nations to Jerusalem to fight against it. Listen. Then the Lord will go out and fight against those nations as he fights in the day of battle. On that day, his feet, the feet of Jesus, will stand on the Mount of Olives, east of Jerusalem. We've stood there. And, uh, and the Mount of Olives will be split in two from east to west, forming a great valley, half the mountain moving north, half moving south. And the Lord my God will come and all the holy ones with him. God will intervene against the nations that come against Israel in the world's last battle. And when the feet of Jesus touched down on the Mount of Olives. A mighty earthquake will split it wide open. It will make a way of escape, Zechariah said, for those who have been in Jerusalem because they were under siege. And then the Bible says the Lord will defeat all the enemies of Israel. And then after all that, listen what will happen. Zechariah 14, 9 and 11. The Lord will be king over the whole earth. On that day, there will be one Lord and his name the only name. Jerusalem will be inhabited. Never again will it be destroyed. Jerusalem will be destroyed. It will be secure. Verse 16 says, Then the survivors from all the nations that have attacked Jerusalem will go up year after year to worship the King, the Lord Almighty. Revelation 11:15 says it this way, the kingdom of the world have become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ and he will reign forever and ever. So I tell you today, have no fear. Do not fear. 
It's not for us to know the times or the seasons, but we know the Lord of the seasons. We don't know when it will happen, but we know what it will happen. We've read the end of the book, and Jesus wins. The Lord God Almighty will defeat all his enemies. Jesus will turn to earth to rule as king and Lord. And guess what? Revelation 5 says we will rule and reign on the earth with him for a thousand years. Hallelujah. Can you give him some thanks? Stand to your feet. Lord, in the name of Jesus, you told us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. So right now as a church, we pray for peace in Jerusalem and peace in Israel. God, we pray for an end to this conflict. We pray for the hostages to be released. God, we pray for wisdom for leaders of Israel and of the United States and leaders of the world, God, that they would have wisdom. I pray for the U.S. that we would stand strong as allies with Israel. I pray for innocent people, Lord, on both sides that are getting killed, wounded, hurt, uh, displaced, God. We pray for them, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We pray, God, for your protection over them. God, in our natural mind, we have no clue how this could come about. But, Lord, you are the God of all wisdom. You told us to pray for peace, so that's what we're doing. We pray for peace. In Jesus' name, amen.